0: Wave Award is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. It must be 21 or older.
1: The number one overall fantasy football pick for this season is headed to the IR. No, it's not Christian McCaffrey. It has been an absolutely brutal week for injuries. We're going to discuss all of that today on today's waiver wire. With me today, Eddie Murphy. I'm Jen Piacenti, and we've also got a really special guest for you guys. So uh, hang with us here. This is going to be a fun one, Eddie. How was your weekend?
0: It was phenomenal. Uh, I mean, big wins in my fantasy league. And, you know, it's one of those wins, too, where you're early in the season, you're playing another tough team. You really want to see who the better of the two are. And I get the win. And there's like, Jen, there's just no better feeling than going into the Sunday night game, not even have to worry about the Sunday night football or Monday night football Mm -hmm. when when the win is locked up. And another great feeling, too, for all those fantasy managers out there is like, when all those guys who are going off on Sunday or potentially even on the Thursday game, whatever. And then everyone's talking about them. When you have those guys and you're starting those guys and you're like, yeah, I'm just racking in all those points. I had a great week there, but you did mention the injury to, uh, to JJ there. And, I might have jinxed it. Um, I was on Trendy. I'm on Trendy this week with um, with Toby, our boss. And, you know, great, great week of stuff. Going to talk about playoff baseball. Going to talk about uh, the puck drop for NHL season. Obviously, football always. And he was like, so what are you and Jen going to get into on Tuesday? And I was like, well, I said, knock on wood. We had a pretty bad streak early in the season of reacting to major injuries and luckily nothing ultra major with these guys. We're going to get into, but we're going to get a bu- into a bunch of IR stints today. We're going to talk about. So unfortunately, Justin Jefferson went down and uh, I feel like it's my fault because the Vikings were like, yeah, we're not going to rush him back. And then today it's like, no, 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 he may not play the rest of the year. Definite IR trip. It's like, oh, he also may get traded. It's like, wait, what's going on? So my apologies, fantasy community.
1: Oh man, there's so much going on. It's not only Justin Jefferson; it's Devon Achan, who was the mm-hmm. number one waiver wire pick for a lot of you, and has been uh, carrying you to a lot of wins. He certainly has me. Sure. Um, it is uh, Anthony Richardson, who's going to be out for a few weeks. Who obviously is a quarterback with a ton of upside. It is James Connor, who was overperforming at his position and and giving you a ton of value for your draft pick there. So. The list does seem to go on and on, and like that. For instance, the Devon Achan thing is such a bummer because we didn't even see that that coming. Like it was like Monday morning or Monday halfway through. And I was like, you know what? It looks like maybe he hurt his knee or his ankle or his foot or something. And now that we think about it, he didn't really come back in the game, even though he was awesome and still scored you a ton of points. So. Yeah, that's why uh, we will definitely explore the waiver wire today. And we'll talk about all this as well with our guest, Lindsay. I have a lot of thoughts. Um, You did mention the baseball playoffs, though. So since we're recording this, it is 1.37 p.m. Pacific. And as of right now, the Astros are up for nothing. Um, Did you happen to take the Astros on the money line today? Because they were plus money, Eddie, on your show with, with Toby.
0: Oh, I didn't even... I did not even realize that's. So, I mean, that's... Wow. How about that?
1: Yeah. They were plus money. So normally, I try not to bet on them. And I, I tend to not bet on Moneyline, especially. Sure. But when they're plus money, you know, I, I get that they, they have the better picture going, Minnesota, mm-hmm. but there's something about experience that... I just think you can't quite by Totally agree with you. Totally agree with you on this.
0: And especially the twins, their luck in the postseason has been pretty awful lately. Astro's the complete opposite of that. And uh, before anyone gets on, you know, our case, oh, it's a fantasy football show. I did slot in the rundown. I knew Jen had to come on, talk some playoff baseball. So we accounted for it. Don't worry, everyone.
1: It's okay. It's okay, guys. Um, While we're here, let's get the painful talk over for me. Okay, let's just, just get it out. You know? The Cowboys were spanked on Sunday night football. Now I have a lot of thoughts, but my first thought is, can I have my rant? Can I start my rant early before also, the guest gets here? So maybe I don't.
0: Also slot in the rundown. Turn her I, off from joining us. Okay. Take your, All right. Take your platform.
1: Here's my rant. 49ers fans, I've decided you're the worst fans. You're worse than Eagles fans. Okay. <laughs> why do Cowboys make you so angry? Here's the truth. We haven't beaten you guys in a long time. We're not. We're not even a rivalry. You guys are a whole lot better. It's not even close. So why do you get so angry and have to be so nasty when you win? And leading up to it, you have to be so nasty about it. Like, what did the? It's been since the nineties. Since the Cowboys have done anything to you. I think it's been since before Eddie Murphy was born, since the Cowboys have done anything to you so quick, so nasty. Okay. And don't tell me that Cowboys fans are the nastiest because sorry, if they are, you can just laugh at them because you're so much Better Your coaching is so far superior. It is not a contest. You are the cream of the crop in the NFC. If we beat you one day, it will probably be from pure luck. So quit being mean. Are you jealous because we have sexy cheerleaders and cool uniforms? I don't know. Maybe you just don't like Dallas because we have too big of hair. I'm from Dallas. I'm from Miski, Texas. This is my team. Quit being nasty to me because I'm wearing a Dallas Cowboys jersey when it's the only team I've ever known. Okay. End of that rant. Now I'm going to rant about the actual Dallas Cowboys and how I hate that I was right about this, but in preseason, I think we may have addressed it on, on this podcast. I was very concerned about fantasy points from the Cowboys, not so much for CeeDee Lamb. And I think Pollard will still be fine, but especially for Dak and even for some of the other weapons, because Kellen Moore was the reason they were so good for fantasy. And then they decided, oh, no, we need to be safer. We need to make it so that Dak doesn't have so many turnovers. So they got this stupid offense where they run the ball straight up the middle Or they throw it for about three or four yards. It gets you nowhere. It is completely predictable. And it is absolute horse -mm for fantasy production. And I got to ask you, Eddie, do you have a Dak Prescott problem? Because I do. I have a Dak Prescott problem. Not because I have him on my fantasy teams, but because I was hoping he was someone that I could sneak in for upside later but no you can't and if you drafted him in fantasy thinking you were getting a great deal because you waited until the eighth round no you got more like 12th round value this is a problem i hope they fix it but i have to tell you like i don't care how many watermelons mike mccarthy smashes i don't have any faith in him inspiring this team whatsoever the defense They'll be fine. I think they'll be fine. Definitely, you know, Shanahan was smarter than than Dan, and it's just how it worked out. There will be more wins for the Cowboys. I like them this weekend versus Kellen Moore because they know the offense. I think that's going to, you know, the Chargers have their own foibles and the things they like to lose. So I think it will actually be, much like we said for Justin Fields, I think this could be a get-right game for Dak. If you Mm -hmm. have him, maybe you give him one last hurrah, but in general, he is not an every week start.
0: Yeah, I uh, luckily just the way the drafts went, I never had an ability to take Dak. It wasn't a thing where I decided against it. Um, I I slotted this in the rundown, like I said, and I, my my first follow-up question to you about, about this, and you already brought it up. Great memory by you was in our first episode we did the, the preseason or entering the first season of the regular season show. Um, I said, will Dak recreate, you know, the four. well, he got 40 plus touchdowns this year, or come close, to, you know, over the 4,000 yard mark. And you were pretty skittish about that. So you called Dak from the start. You were saying you were not buying into it. So you already answered that. So then you mentioned CeeDee Lamb. Let me ask you this. Why is C, like, what is, I, I thought CeeDee Lamb would have been a candidate this year to be a top three receiver if not one just in terms of I really believe in this Dallas offense I just thought that he was gonna get a ton of touchdowns a ton of targets and it just seems like while well, he's getting his targets here and there nothing in the red zone like I mean you know he finally scored his first touchdown but no what like what is going on with da- the the DAC to CD lamb connection
1: I, I have no idea um but I think it has everything to do with Mike McCarthy and this mm-hmm. ridiculous idea that this new Texas coast, West coast offense right. is going to keep him from making turnovers. And then the team turns the ball over four times versus the Niners. So that is not working. So just be aggressive. I would rather you now turn and be aggressive than, than just try to be so safe, so safe, so boring. It's just, it's not good. So I don't know. I I do figure that most defenses are keying in on CD lamb. Sure. But like he is the major You know, I figured he wouldn't have a big game versus the Niners, no matter what, because you know, they're going to figure that out. They got to shut down CeeDee Lamb. But even still, it it is ridiculous. Now, CeeDee Lamb, I'm trying to remember, like he had touchdowns last year, but it's kind of like Justin Jefferson, that both of them kind of have a little bit of a, they're not big red zone targets the way, Mm -hmm. say like Devontae Adams is. It seems like, you know, like that double digit touchdown doesn't feel as sure as like Devontae Adams always has double digit touchdowns. Um,
0: what I will say too about that game and to tie it into fantasy is, I don't know if maybe I'm crazy about this. But I do think with it being so early in the season, and I you know I use this excuse a lot with the Giants stinking. But it's like, you don't really remember a ton of the bad losses in in the September early October range, so I do think right. if you're on Cowboys, you're not worried about it too much. But do you think maybe the Cowboys have a chance, you know, flipping the script and becoming more potent offensively, which will help yeah. everyone's fast team? And do you think that the Niners may be peaking kind of too early? I know CMC's on a crazy run; he scored a touchdown like every week since like last December. But do you think maybe there's a role reversal here? Do you see upcoming?
1: Well, so I'm not worried about the 49ers peaking too early because I think they're just that good. And unfortunately, they're also just that deep. So even if they suffer injuries, which right now, to your point, they are like 100 percent healthy, which is just making them unstoppable. There's no major injuries there. You know, if they lose a Christian McCaffrey, yeah, they'll go down a little but They're still like I know it's just Eli Mitchell. It's not that exciting. They'll figure out a way. They will figure it out because that's who they are. And Brock Purdy does look excellent in this system, and, and you know they're gonna they're gonna be fine. The Cowboys, though, I do think yes that they do have a potential. I think maybe they did need a wake up call. Whether Mike sure. McCarthy got it or not, he stood up in front of the press and acted like he did. But they have got to. Do, it is the most boring team to watch right now. I mean, it, the defense is kind of fun to watch. But other than that, it's like, okay, great. Dak made 14 straight completions without throwing an interception. Yay. And we moved the ball 32 yards, you know, (laughs) like, it's just like, who cares? And you're just continually running. You have no O-line. I mean, this week we did have an O-line, but you have no O-line and yet you're still running Tony Pollard just straight up the middle. He's not Ezekiel Elliott. You know, it's just, it's maddening. It's maddening. And for those of you that have Tony Pollard and, And Dak Prescott. I mean, CD Lamb's still okay. The more the concern is, is he just not going to pay back his draft day value? He'll still be fine. But yeah, there are questions as to whether he will pay back his draft day value. OK, everybody, we'll be right back after this quick break.
2: You know, when the conversation turns stampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code. Listen up. 21 and over only offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming new users and first $10 plus wager only must register with eligible promo code, bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is settled as a loss maximum bonus bet $1,250 bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after
1: But enough about the Cowboys and the Cowboys offense. Uh, I want to bring in our very special guest today. Lindsay Rhodes, the host of Fantasy Dirt on Sirius XM Monday through Friday, two to four Eastern. Is that right, Lindsay? One to three. One to three. You're asking me Eastern. to do math
2: here. I know. See, hours, I need so, here. Yeah.
1: That's why I was like, what is it? <laughs> uh, Pacific Coast. We're dumb. We are. Um, of course, she is on the show with, um, I think Michael Fabiano is her co-host. Mm, some that right? guy. Some, some, some dude. guy you might have heard of. Some dude you may have Very heard of. Very
3: special guest. I feel like an after school special. And I oh my God, I hope you're not an after school special. Today was an after school special uh, in like, you know, dramatic fantasy days.
1: Okay. It is so dramatic and I'm really glad you're here for it. Because as soon as we got this news, I was like, well, I guess I know what we have to start with talking about. And of course, what we have to start with talking about is the number one pick in fantasy football, not Christian McCaffrey, mind you. No, no Christian McCaffrey He's is fine. now headed to the IR. So um it's you know <laughs> at least four weeks with no Justin Jefferson. Um, Lindsay, you're okay, let's fantasy reaction
3: here. Okay. I mean, yeah, it's, so bad. Much. it's bad. It, it's bad. not even so in addition to Justin Jefferson, I think the thing that makes this bad is like not only the number one pick, but also the guy that if you went zero RB and you still got like picked up off of waivers, maybe and saved your season at running back, Devon Achan, the star at the running back this year, the Oops. breakout candidate. Oh, he's going to IR probably too. And then and James James Connor, Connor. Too. if James Connor was saving you, if you did that zero RB thing, then bye to him too. And then what Anthony Richardson, did you like that late round fantasy pick at quarterback who was just going to like take you to the promised land with the most fantasy points per drop back slash opportunity um no he's probably not going to be available to you for a while either this is like it's it's been an all-time bad day in fantasy for me I don't have that much Justin Jefferson I haven't been one league I only had the number one overall pick in one league um so and and luckily I think honestly I think he's easier to replace than A. Chan or Connor because there are just Mm -hmm. other wide receivers out there And you probably went heavy at wide receiver if you, I mean, maybe not, but I I think a lot of us were going, you know, um, pretty big at wide receiver and then doing the zero RB thing this year. And so you have Justin Jefferson, there's a chance that you did that and maybe you have other guys to go to. It's a huge, huge loss, certainly. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, I think the question about how you fill the hole left behind by H. And Connor is, is much more complicated question to answer You know, you probably have other wide receivers on your bench. Um, You probably do.
1: I got to tell you, if you go to the waiver right right now, it's thin at wide receiver. I think everybody's first pivot right now is like KJ Osborne Osborne. because it seems like he's the guy, but, but I want to, I want to look at it a different way, Lindsay, and see Mm -hmm. what you're thinking, because you were just talking about running backs. Could Cam Akers get a bump here? Oh gosh, please don't do that. Um,
3: I mean, look, I didn't draft a single share of Cam Akers because I didn't like the situation in Los Angeles for him. And that turned out to be a gut feeling that right. was correct. Right. Um, I don't I don't want him involved there because <laughs> then then I think we kind of like, what does that really do to his fantasy value? If he's sharing a backfield with Madison and Madison already doesn't have much fantasy value as it is. I mean, his volumes already Awful. What was it this past week? Hold on. I have it written down, actually. Um, As a guy that we need to start thinking about taking out of our lineups, 10 touches. That was less than uh, Chuba Hubbard, Jalen Warren, Jordan Mason, off the bench, Eric Gray. uh, Well, that happens when the Niners start resting their starters. Casual fans. And uh, Amari
1: DiMarcado, who came in. Oh, Amari DiMarcado, possibly a, a number one target for some people this weekend who... We do now know that James Conner will also be going on the IR. That's the but, latest. But back to the Vikings, the thing, yeah. to your point, I don't know, like KJ
3: Osborne definitely gets a bump, right? He yeah, becomes I mean, a playable guy yeah. in a way that he wasn't before. And mm-hmm. we know that he can play to a degree. You know, he has, he did down the stretch last year. He put up some fantasy points. I kind of look at it though. And Fabs and I talked about this on Fantasy Dirt. He said, I still, that he definitely wanted him in and that Jordan Addison was going to get a bump because this is a volume passing offense. My point is I think it was a volume passing offense because they had Jordan uh, Justin Jefferson, right? Like, and when you take him out of the offense, Now you're looking at the pieces and okay, so it's Kirk Cousins. Well, Kirk Cousins is an above average quarterback, but like to the degree where you're like, put the ball in his hands, just got to keep him throwing it. I don't think anyone feels that way. So now you have Jordan Addison and K.J. Osborne. Like, I'm just trying to figure out who is the offense that I can compare them to and do I want exposure to it? at all. Like, is that one I have to chase? I don't know. I kind of think that there are probably some wide receivers on my bench that I actually just might like the situation
1: more. I definitely think that's, that's possible that, I mean, even like Josh Downs might be more interesting right now with Gardner Minshew with Gardner.
3: Yeah. With Gardner likes to throw the ball to him.
1: Josh Palmer, if he's available, I know that's, that's fewer, you know, leagues, but I think TJ Hawkinson's also going to be great for those of you who drafted TJ Hawkinson here. But to your point, because you don't want to put the ball necessarily in Kirk Cousins' hands as much, this is why I'm like, I know this sounds so gross, but those of you who have Cam makers, I would not drop him. I would not drop him because I think he's going to pick up a few more targets, a few more screens, and they are going to have to run the ball more. So I'm just wondering if down the stretch, you know, he knows Kevin O'Connell's offense, if we're going to just see a little bit more. I'm not excited about Cam makers. But when I think about like, running backs way down the list. Cause that's where we're going now. Yeah. And I think about who should I play for upside Jalen Warren, maybe cam Akers. These are people that seem like if you're really, really caught, maybe down the stretch. Cause the other, of course, running back, I think you need to target is Rashawn Johnson, but yeah. maybe he's too if he's healthy. Uh, if he's healthy, but he'll only be out. I mean, Khalil Herbert's going to be out for, multiple weeks. I think Rashawn Johnson played on Thursday. I think he'll probably play Sunday, even if he doesn't. I I think he's the long-term ad. Dante Foreman, like he's been a healthy scratch for four games this year. I mean,
3: but if an opportunity arises for him, I think Dante Foreman has also proven that he can get it done. Like, I don't think he's a bad running back. I just don't think he's an exciting running back. He's a guy that if you give him the ball and enough carries, he'll probably put up some fantasy points for you. Um, so I don't, I don't hate that idea as long as it lo- looks like informationally we're moving in a direction where the other running backs aren't going to be available. And he makes sense. Um, I think so he's rostered in too many leagues to actually, you know, warrant a mention based on most people's parameters. But Jaleel McLaughlin's only rostered in like 50 percent of leagues. Right. So he might right. actually be available in your league. And to me, that's the guy to target here if we're talking about upside, because I just think it makes sense for them to work him into the offense more. Now, I also have said that about Marvin Mims and Sean Payton doesn't necessarily agree. <laughs> right. Um so, but, yeah. but he's a guy who, I mean, Javante Williams, we, we liked him going into the year to a degree. We were worried about him coming off the injury. Jaleel McLaughlin has 20 fewer touches than Javante does this season and 17 more yards. So all of our expectations for Javante, just put him into Jaleel. And then put him on the
1: field and then and let Samaj P. Ryan ruin it for you. (laughs) I mean, to a degree, but but
3: even then, Jaleel McLaughlin, with Samaj P. Ryan having a pretty good week and getting a lot more opportunity than he normally does, Jaleel will still RB seven with, you know, almost 18 fantasy points. So I think we'll take that. The guy keeps putting up what was it, like 10 yards a carry and 10 yards a reception last week. This week it's 7.6 yards per carry on nine carries. Like he just his problem is just volume in that he's not getting the volume but he's crushing it when he gets the ball in his hands. So for me, if I'm looking for guys that I want to pick up off the waiver wire, I'm looking for ascending guys, guys that might outplay their expectations. And some of these guys are just going to step into a situation where you're like, well, here's an opportunity. And Jaleel is like a guy where I think there's some opportunity in front of him. And I think there's untapped potential. We don't know how good he's going to be. You know, maybe he turns into the next Devon A-chan or something like that because there's an athleticism that... That, uh, that he clearly has and an ability to have success. And we haven't seen what it looks like when that meets volume. And so I think I kind of like the idea of that. I also like Tajay Spears as a guy that I don't necessarily, if, I, if I'm if i not in a position where I have to put somebody in the lineup right this week, right. then I like, I like these two guys because he's a guy who's kind of uh, moving into a committee with Derrick Henry. I don't think he's going to surpass Derrick Henry and take the volume of the touches away from him. But I mean, he's, he's, they're throwing him the ball. And if Derrick Henry gets hurt and that becomes his backfield, and I don't want that to happen knocking on things right now. But if that were to happen, then this is a guy I want to have rostered.
1: Well, actually, I think like next week when there's like however many teams on, in a week like that, I think Taiji, six, Taiji six is already in flex play. Is it? Taiji? He has the offensive Wait. ability to still give you that. You just Eight said it differently points. than
3: I heard it in my head, I think. Taiji, that Right? Taiji. Ty, T-Y the Y Jay. more than I say the Y. Okay. I'm just going to have to revisit this.
1: I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I'm don't definitely know. not an expert. It, yeah. It's,
3: it's possible. I'm not, I'm, I'm only an expert on Kamara. That's the only one I feel incredibly strongly about. Don't Chimera. you dare call him Kamara? Eddie, do you call him Kamara? By the way, I've been sitting here talking. I haven't said hi to Eddie. It makes me feel uncomfortable. Hi.
0: It's oh, you guys are cooking talking about waiver claims. I didn't want to dive in there again after it. I do. I think I say Kamara, but I don't I, you
3: dare. No. I
0: it, mm-hmm. I, I think it's wrong. Um, can't I can't be friends
3: if you say Kamara. Uh,
0: I'll change it. I, I promise. I, I want to jump in. Strike while the iron's hot with the top story. Obviously, Justin Jefferson. Now, I am a selfish manager and obviously nobody roots for injuries. But if you have a guy like Jordan Addison, who obviously they took in the first round, they believe in him, the great receiver, of Southern Cal, you're like, man, do I get really pumped? Are we going to see a. Justin Jefferson's stat line I type a stat line from Jordan Addison uh, versus the Bears or do you think it's going to be more in line what we saw from the whole season so far with Addison you look at his numbers four receptions three receptions six receptions a goose egg and then last week especially in that fourth quarter Kirk Cousins basically was like this is my guy ended with six catches 64 yards and a touchdown where do you think on the spectrum we're going to see Jordan Addison going forward
3: well, first of all, I'm contractually obligated as a USC alum to um, tell you that the sports information department asks everyone to not call it Southern Cal. So I'm just going to put that out there. I, I, I'm I a would, Notre
0: Dame fan, uh, for real. I was. Oh, so you until, don't even Until they lost to Louisville last week. Uh, I will say, USC is by far my. I'm tr- I'm gonna forget about sports very very soon outside of doing this show, but um I, I apologize, uh, Eddie. To- Eddie,
1: you're just feeling. I think you like Fabiano experiences this when when Lindsay and I are on the show at the same time. <laughs> the, the, the guy gets steamrolled. It's like we we're not even trying to. It's just kind of. So I'm sorry, Eddie. You're no. you're you're, resume- you're assuming the Michael Fabiano role today.
0: It's all well, good. Your, question, I, your Your question is a good like one.
1: <laughs> your question's a good one.
3: I don't know. Like, I loved the Jordan Addison draft pick specifically with this in mind. I think that pass rushers and wide receivers, it's the same philosophy. You're only as good. Your best one is only as good as your second best one. And so I... Desperately wanted them to go draft a wide receiver and thought it was pretty clear that that should be their plan in the first round. And that's why the quarterback talk didn't make sense to me because they, they their number one priority is making sure that Justin Jefferson is available to catch the ball like he gets more double teams than anyone in the league. Um, though I think Devonte Adams is up there this year, but anyway, uh, yeah. so it makes it well, and actually if Devonte Adams is up there this year, that sort of proves the point, right? Like that's why you want to go get Jordan that's, Addison because he's good enough that he can take advantage of the wide open space or the open space in the defense. If you've got multiple people that are committed to um, defending Justin Jefferson, the fact that you take that off the field, I don't know that Jordan is a guy. Who demands that and or can necessarily beat that consistently? I think he's a very good wide receiver, and I think he gets a bump from a fantasy standpoint because I think it's obvious that his targets are going to go up. Mm-hmm. But to the degree that they go up, like into a Justin Jefferson like realm, I just I don't necessarily see that. I see them spreading the ball around, and I actually like. I think it was Jen who said Hawk. I think Hawk is the one who really benefits from this, honestly, the most. I think so too.
1: Yeah. 10, 10 and a half targets per game is what Jefferson was commanding. So do we really think there are 10 and a half more targets to be distributed? No, because as you said, that was, a you know, chicken or egg. That was a product of Justin Jefferson, Jefferson, but, but also they will be trailing. I have a feeling they will be trailing a lot. So at the end, Jordan Jefferson could be, I mean, Je- Jordan Addison, Jordan. No, I do this too. Hey, I do
0: this too. too. Many J's. All of them. Too many. Um,
1: Jordan Addison <laughs> there- probably will, you know, pop off for you in certain so, games. To your point about them trailing, though, I think that that's
3: actually an interesting, and I know Adam Schefter tweeted, like, the unspoken thing, or the unwritten thing, or whatever it was. I was like, well, you're speaking, and now, like, here we are talking about it, um, was the concern about the fact that they're 1-4, and four, and if they don't win these games be going to the while Jets? he's out, that, or just... How badly do you need to get Justin Jefferson back on the field if the season's effectively done? Like, are you willing to risk further injury, greater injury, something like that? I think that's why he's on the
1: IR right now. We went from like maybe he won't miss that much time to we need to save him from himself. In other words, we need to save him from himself so we can either trade Kirk Cousins or get a draft pick, maybe.
3: Uh, entirely possible. Entirely possible. But I think if you have Justin Jefferson right now, I think you need to at least be thinking you might be missing him for more than four weeks because they don't yeah. know that he's incentivized to race back to the field and uh, get back out there for that stretch run where they're playing for a playoff spot because I think it's it's highly likely that they won't be.
1: So I mean, are there any teams that haven't been hit by injury this year? We, we've got Saquon, we've got Eckler, we got Chubb out for the season. You've got Justin Jefferson now. Like, do you have? Does anybody have a team that has? So I, so I want to tell you right now. I don't want to hear anybody come to me and say like, I'm, you know. Two and three. And it's because I lost Nick Chubb. That was multiple weeks ago. Get over it. Since then, we've all lost Devon A. Chain, Justin Jefferson. We've all been hit. So just get over it and start winning. There's a way to do it. Um, We're here to help you with that. And by the way, isn't it kind of
3: comedic a little bit that of all the running backs that went in the first round? And, and I mean, we're talking about another first-round asset in Justin Jefferson. The one that is unscathed so far is
1: CMC. CMC. What? Yeah. 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 Uh, It's amazing. It's incredible. I want to ask you a little bit, um, Lindsay, about the Bengals. Um, Because until last week, that offense was Uh scoring about 12.3 points per game. And I know that most of us out there said, you know what? Don't start Joe Burrow right now. Don't start Joe Burrow. You can't trust him. His cap doesn't look right. It doesn't matter oh. the name. You, you can't start him. Don't start him. And then he immediately went off and threw for 300 plus yards, three touchdowns, all to Jamar Chase. For those of you who are waiting on Jamar Chase, were we wrong? Were we stupid? Did we do the right thing? Talk to me a little bit about what you did, what your process is and how you're looking at the Bengals going forward. Because right now I got to tell you something I'm looking at is buying low on T Higgins. Oh, Okay.
3: All right. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Um, I think the to the point about last week, everyone saying to sit him or not everyone, but, you know, a majority of people saying to sit him. I have seen people and you and I have talked about this offline, uh, uh, like apologizing for telling people to do that. And it honestly kind of makes me mad. Like you're free to apologize for whatever. But it also, I think, kind of feeds the sense that like, we are here to be perfect for you and give you analysis about and it's a sport played by humans who might have uh you know had something for breakfast that was bad or got broken up with their like we have no way of actually predicting what they're gonna do because they are inevitably going to be volatile. Also, weird things happen. All we can do is sit there and go through our process. And I think what every fantasy analyst is actually an analyst, period, just like real world football, too, is the job that we're signing up for is to say, I will do a lot of the legwork so you don't have to. I will go through all of the advanced data. I will look at the schedule that's coming up ahead. I will watch the tape. I will read all the news articles. I will do all of this stuff. And then I'll pass along my findings to you so that you can make a smarter decision about who to play or who to sit. That's what I at least I do is I like reading all of this stuff. I like looking at all the numbers. I like telling you the things that pop to me in no way was Joe Burrow a guy that had any evidence to the narrative of like, absolutely, you should play him anyway. If anything, if somebody said, you know what? I just have a gut feeling that we're all writing him off too soon and I'm going to play him anyway, then then that's fine. But you're acknowledging that it's a gut feeling. Everything evidentiary was saying you have to sit him. This is a guy who um, had played so poorly, he had scored the fewest fantasy points through four games out of every single four-game starter. Every single one, like name another starting quarterback that had played four games. He'd scored fewer fantasy points than them. And he hadn't been able to drive the ball downfield, which you would think you're looking at the calf and you're saying, okay, that's his inability to drive the ball. His face isn't intact. There's a reason for this. All of the stuff said, sit him until we see that the calf is better. Then all of a sudden this week, guess what? We saw that the calf apparently was better. That 63 yard touchdown with 58.1 area yards longest of his career that then is like our first cue that okay maybe the base is better and we can start pushing the ball downfield and now we can get him back into our lineup but like Desmond Ritter is the example that I would point to on the flip side of this Desmond Ritter scored six points in Week, what week did we just do? Week four. In week four against Jacksonville, everyone wanted his head. They wanted Taylor Heineke to become the starting quarterback. They were just so irate that they weren't willing to move on from Desmond Ritter. So now Desmond Ritter goes into a matchup against Houston and puts up 26 fantasy points. And that was a tough matchup. Should anyone have seen that coming? Houston, who had allowed 14 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks, the 10th fewest in the league, and not just because they'd played bad quarterbacks, although everything up till that point last week had suggested that Desmond Ritter was also a bad quarterback. No, they'd allowed 14 points to Trevor Lawrence and six points to Lamar Jackson. So this is a team that you don't necessarily want to play your quarterbacks against. And then here comes Desmond Ritter, who's maybe the last quarterback that you want to start in the league in a tie with Zach Wilson. And we're supposed to predict that he's going to put up 26 points against Houston. No, that's that's like the perfect example of how just random this can be. So we're going to be wrong. Like, I, I, I tweeted out before the Thursday night game, how many of you feel comfortable, like, we've got Justin Fields? How many of you are actually playing him? We have one game of good Justin Fields to our sample size, and everything else has been just a total show. What are you going to do? And people were like, I'm going to play Jordan Love over him. I'm going to play CJ Stroud Ooh. over him. I'm going to play. I know the Jordan Love thing was was rough because of the turnover-worthy throws that then came to fruition in the form of interceptions on Monday. That's a different story. But – uh. But Anthony Richardson, people were like, Anthony Richardson. I was like, 100% of the time, you're playing Anthony Richardson over Justin Fields based on the information we have. And then people got back and they were like, oh, I made the wrong call. No, you didn't make the wrong call. The right call was to play Anthony Richardson. We're not in the business of predicting when people are going to get hurt. Like maybe moving forward, we have a sample size of Anthony Richardson leaves every other game with an injury that we right. need that to possible to account, right? That's but a real possibility. Like he'd been on fire from a fantasy standpoint and nothing about the bears had been predictable. We don't know what they're doing with that guy. Now we have two games of against bad defenses, but still of like, maybe they're actually turning a corner and they're going to start running him and he's going to have some more success and we can finally play him again. But like, we weren't supposed to know that last week. We hadn't seen it.
1: No, I mean, two weeks ago, uh, Eddie and I were talking on the podcast and we knew that the matchup was right versus the Broncos. We're like, Mm -hmm. look, he is, uh, he's question, you know, on the border, you might want to sit in, but th- if he's going to go off, this is the week. And yep. so we agreed, we were going to roll the die and we were to start him. We did, it paid off. I did it again the week following, cause I thought, okay, there's just enough of a good matchup. And I think now, you know, it, it makes sense. It's the same thing I feel about for Dak this week. I actually feel like Dak is someone I don't feel comfortable starting every week, but the matchup with the chargers is such that. I would be willing to start him this weekend if he sucks this weekend. Like I'm pretty much done. That's how I approach it. But if somebody said, no, you can't trust Dak at all and stat him, I wouldn't blame them. If they were like, Dak has sucked. I'm not going to start him versus the Chargers no matter how good the the matchup is. Like you said, that's your decision as a fantasy manager. But the process, you have to figure out, you have to have your own process. Like when you're making the decision or you're trusting us, if you have a gut feeling, follow it. Mm-hmm. Or, or follow our process, but the decision is yours. You take the information, you make the decision. What is your decision with DAC? Would you be just cutting DAC at this point or would you be willing to start him?
3: I'm not trying to start DAC at this point, but I'm not, I have never really been a huge DAC fan mm-hmm. because of the roller coaster that we go on. Yeah. And I'm not sure that the upside outside of just kind of anomalous games that boom, that feel anomalous. You know what I mean? Like they're not, no, I agree. uh, I, I, I don't necessarily think he's a really strong fantasy quarterback. And I think I honestly, in real world football, he's probably. Okay.
1: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. No,
3: yeah. I agree. I mean, I don't want to wade into that whole fire. No, but, I mean,
1: but I agree. Kid. I mean, like Fabiano had, and I had this debate before the season where we did this whole video is, is Dak a top 10 fantasy quarterback. And I said, no, um, I just, I don't think, I think it's you can there. do better. I think you can, I think do, you better can do better than that. Um,
3: <laughs> and <laughs> by the way, last week, I don't even know what it is off of the game on against the Niners, but going into the week, there was like a very minuscule difference in first read rate between CD and Jake Ferguson.
1: Yeah. And
3: I was like, what's happening here? How How like CD needs to have a first read rate at the very least that is way above and beyond everyone else.
1: he's afraid he's afraid now. And this offense is making him more afraid this Texas coast, West coast, like just, you know, just go to the safety blanket. I don't want to throw an interception like his, his time. What is he's like 2.3 seconds down in the pocket as opposed to like 2.8 or something like he's, he's increased that he's been more accurate, but it's been getting the ball nowhere. The whole thing is just a mess and it's terrible for fantasy And and everything that made him good for fantasy was what Kellen Moore just took to the Chargers and why all the Chargers receivers are great for fantasy and why Justin Herbert is like the top fantasy quarterback, one of the top fantasy quarterbacks. He's had a bye week. I don't know. Um, But yeah, the the whole, that whole thing is frustrating. Now, let me ask you about just a couple players real quick before we let you go, Lindsay, as far as how you feel about buying, selling, or holding them. I'll just give you some names. You tell me whether you would buy them, sell them, or hold them. Okay. Okay. T Higgins. Well, you just told me that you
3: want to buy low on I do want to buy. I'll
1: tell you real quick why I want to buy. I want to buy because Joe Burrow looks better. Number two, he needs a contract, whether it's with this team or another team. So he needs to play well. Number three, as you just said, your best receiver is only as good as your second best receiver. That's T Higgins and Jamar Chase. And if they're going to do anything, they need T Higgins. Also, until this weekend when Jamar Chase got 3 touchdowns and T Higgins didn't play, T Higgins was the only receiver who had caught a, any touchdowns from Joe Burrow and he had 2 of them. So, that's why I'm buying on T Higgins. People are upset and the cracked rib doesn't scare me cuz you can kind of play through pain, right? I'm not not too worried. I mean, he might be a little slow, but I feel like people are really frustrated and might let him well, go. He needs
3: to play through pain, to your point about needing to earn a big contract. So. He has to.
1: It's the same thing as like with Kyle Tucker for the Astros or with like, you know, I will try not to do cross-sport references. Hold on. Wait, let me check on this. Well, floor. they're going to go over my head anyway. Bill Ford and a nod and Astros. go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Kyle Tucker. Um, we have playoff baseball right now and I'm like a little distracted. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. Go Zach Moss. What would you do with Zach Moss? Buy, sell, hold. Zach is tough because <laughs> <I
3: know. laughs> the whole situation is confusing to me to a degree, right? Like Zach Moss has played so great this year that it just makes the whole Colts process confusing. Yeah. Like yep. why did you pay him now? Well, if you, if you were going to pay him in your top of market, my, I would imagine that his number came down to a degree and they finally just fell into the number that they were comfortable playing, pay, paying, but I mean, now they need him less than they needed him a few weeks ago because Zach Moss has proven that he can get the job done. Like, he's playing fine. And mm-hmm. we saw that this past week. Like, they activate yeah. Jonathan so Taylor. Weird. And the whole crowd's like, "Yay!" Yeah! Like, as he runs on the field and he's blowing kisses and Zach Moss <laughs> is like, I'm off." this up and i love zach moss crushing the way that he did Versus i love the it titans. totally the titans. against the titans it a team like, that we've told everyone like even jonathan taylor we're like up. so he's coming back and he's gonna have a, a you know they're gonna ease him in and it's the titans and the titans are scary you sit your running backs against the titans this dude did not sit and he rushed for 7.2 per pop like what against the titans and I don't know if he's any good but I mean he's getting it done. So like obviously he's good at something and it's working for them. And so I don't know if you take him completely off the field like I don't understand that. Can you I don't either. trade him? I I don't know. I, I don't, don't know, know. cuz it like it, it's kind of how I felt about and and this is starting to just get like um sadly pushed to the the um side whatever Tyler Algier like all of Tyler Algier's Mm -hmm. numbers from last year suggested that he was a pretty good running back and then they go use the draft capital that they used on Bijan Robinson and my question heading into the season is I understand that we're going to play Bijan Robinson like we're going to give him all of the snaps because you yeah although with the Falcons nothing is guaranteed regardless of how high you draft them um looking at you Kyle Pitts and Drake London but that's my next question uh Algier it, I, it didn't make sense to me that you would use your capital there and then just sort of waste a player and I thought that they would keep him on the field and I mean they've kind of moved him more and more to the side so I don't know that that's necessarily part of the plan and and you would have to at least look at that and say that's that's possible that's what the Colts are going to do with Zach Moss so I guess the long answer here is I don't know that I want to make any move for Zach Moss because I probably will want to keep him on my bench. If I have Jonathan Taylor, mm-hmm. um, I'm not looking to like, you know, sell high or anything like that because I might need him in case something happens with Jonathan Taylor. And then he's a pretty good guy. And I don't think you can get that much for him because people are going to be scared about his volume going away and possibly being written out of the offense entirely. Um, I don't, I don't know. He, that, I know that's a it's a question one. mark.
1: It's a big question. I'm like, how can I be smart about my Zach Moss shares? And then he goes off on my bench last week. I'm like, I think probably just hold him. What about Kyle Pitts? Yeah, I mean,
3: I would, I would, this is a perfect week to trade high. I want no part of Kyle Pitts. I tra- yeah. I, I. I. drafted zero shares of Kyle Pitts for this reason. Like we just have too much evidence <laughs> of, and the fact that we keep putting him back in at the ADP that he is, Every year, regardless of the fact, we're just like, every, we're such suckers for this. We're like, you guys he's so good, they're going to figure it out this year. And then they don't, and they can't. And, for and they whatever just traded reason, for Van
1: Jefferson, you know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's what we need. More wide receivers to That's we need. throw the ball yeah, to. Sorry. Like, sorry, people who have Kyle Pitts. He was dropped in a few of my leagues last week. So I am considering picking him up on places where I have a long bench, even for like a bye week. But I'm not going to pay anything for him. It would just be a waiver ad. I mean, Jonu
3: Smith is putting up I know numbers, Johnny John Smith, but that, but that's because the way that they're using him is like Kyle Pitts. They're using him like he's a wide receiver. His right. A dot is much bigger than right. uh, Johnny Smith's, for instance, and so Johnny Smith's getting all of those. Checkdown throws that are high percentage and easy to complete. And then Desmond Ritter's taking shots downfield at lower percentage uh, plays. They're going to Kyle Pitts. And so his catchable target rate is like historically right. low. low. And yeah. so you just you can't trust that it's going to hit every once in a while, but it's not going to hit just as frequently as it hits and you're never going to know when it's coming. So I don't really want that because it's unpredictable. So since he's coming off a good game, if you could find anyone in your league to take him off your hands and you get something in return, uh, then good luck. I think you should try. Um, I don't think that you're going to find many people who are going to fall for that. Uh, The other one that I think is fool's gold this week at the tight end position is Dalton Schultz because Dalton Schultz actually was a big part of the Texans offense. But I think people who casually look at the fantasy points and we always say don't chase the points, chase the production and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you might even look at a deeper metric and find that the production looks good from last week. It's because of the wide receiver injuries. You saw tank Dell leave the game with the concussion, um, when he sacrificed his head in order to make the catch and then walked off the field. Love did you kid. see that video where he's like, I did it, I, I caught that. it, it's a catch. Love um him. I love Tank Dell too. I can't I can't quit Tank Dell. Um I love him. <laughs> but you also saw uh Robert Woods leave the game for a little bit and then he went back in the game. So I think Dalton Schultz's number is completely tied to the fact that the wide receivers were just a revolving door and they needed somebody to get on the field. I don't think it's part of their plan moving forward, especially now that Noah Brand- Brown is going to come back uh-huh. and then that muddies the whole situation cuz that's you Tank- Machi
1: Jr there. You got you got yeah. lots of targets. Um yeah. last one Eddie, I'll ask you first. Darren Waller.
0: I, I knew you were going to do that. I knew he was on the rundown. Um, My take on Waller is, and I know the Giants are bringing Lyle Collins in today for a visit. They're sending a bunch of guys in the practice squad. I mean, when Andrew Thomas comes back and the offensive line is a smidge better, um, their center John Michael Schmidt as well. There's no reason when the O-line's at its best capability, which is not very high, there's no reason that Waller shouldn't have seven to nine-ish targets per game. We saw the second half of the Cardinals game. We saw what they did um, even last week in the loss versus uh, Miami. But <clears throat> there was a reason why Jones and Waller had a connection all through training camp and um, the a little bit in the preseason and then the two flashes in the regular season. But again, you're basically betting everything on – how will that offensive line play? Um, which is a weird thing to say. I don't think we've ever seen how a tight end performs based on the offensive line, but that's exactly what it is with the Giants. So that's basically my take. Offensive line healthy, he'll be in the seven to nine target range. So I I say things will get better. I would I would hold on to him just because of the position he's playing. It's not very great.
3: And then Woody monitor Ryan. the O line injuries and then monitor Daniel Jones's neck injury. That too. And- yeah. Uh, and then monitor how squeaky that particular wheel has been all week. That's what we learned oh this my past God. week. Is that yeah? Let's talk about Devonta Smith.
1: Gets, Does Devonta Smith need to squeak?
3: I mean, it <laughs> didn't hurt in Goddard's case, right? Like yeah, uh, all it worked the in AJ Brown's Goddard, case too. All the ta- all the um, talk about Waller with just what one target or something in the first three quarters last week and him being disappointed. Boom! Eleven targets this week. Fixed it. Yeah. To yeah. The time being. Yeah.
1: Fantasy football is fun, you guys. Right?
3: <laughs> I have I have one one league, and I'm sure there are some more where I have zero running backs I can play this week. Oh my god. Because Achan got hurt. Aaron Jones, who's already hurt, is on a bye. Uh Jalen Warren is also on a bye. bye. Like I literally just looked at it and I have to pull off a trade. Wow. So um is it a league yeah. I'm in? No. No, it's not. Would you deal with me um, in a fair way with that? I always deal in a fair way. I usually just say no. (laughs) I know. Well, let me ask you this question because I actually think that this is an interesting question that's come of this. So starting right now, based on the information that we have, but not just looking at fantasy points, just like what those fantasy points have meant to this point. If you were redrafting for the rest of the season, starting Mm -hmm. right now, who are the top five running backs that you want?
1: Obviously Christian McCaffrey. Mm Mm-hmm um david montgomery uh, he's he in is. my top five to two totally Ek, um coming back i'm trying to th- i'm trying to think right now. i probably ken walker jr i'm probably still gonna get with pollard here Bijan. oh Bijan. Mm-hmm. Bijan. i mean it's hard to say that it's not eckler or saquon but we just haven't seen anything from them, and you know, if if we're retro drafting, I know I'm now going to miss four weeks from them. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, David well, we're not retro drafting the
3: because the reason I'm asking is for trade purposes. So, like, if I'm targeting someone, who are the people that you actually want? Like, let's say you have a very high end wide receiver that you have the space you could potentially move, and like, go get like, who do you want? I want to David get Montgomery at running back. I think that's a good one.
1: I do because, and I think we were all foolish to think that. And I actually bothered me that people were like, "Oh no, they're going to use Jameer Gibbs." Like, I like Jameer Gibbs, but like, and I understand it's the same reasoning as people saying uh, Bijan in Algier, right?
3: But and Jonathan uh, Taylor over Zach to a degree. But the difference right?
1: is here is the difference. Did you guys forget the Jamal Williams? <laughs> Yeah, had a role where even if he just took over just the red zone work of Jamal Williams, David Montgomery is going to way outperform his draft day, uh, you know, ADP. So did we think it'd be quite this good? No, but we also wonder, I mean, like, we know the Chicago Bears have a problem offensively. So, you know, maybe just moving him over. So, I mean, David Montgomery is... He's good. And I never thought I would say that. I
3: put a trade proposal in for in that league for kenneth walker
1: yeah uh, they like also have
3: david montgomery but i wanted to to be able to go down the list at wide receiver and not trade like my best wide receiver and i thought that david actually might demand more than kenneth walker right now yeah um, i think you're right and it, so i did dj Moore for kenneth walker all right do we think that that's fair? i think that's
1: fair we but i mean it's a good time for you to see it. you're selling high on dj Moore. you don't think he's gonna have another it's three not touchdown.
3: that I don't have room for him. I have so many, this is, this is league where clearly I went in all in on wide receivers. Cause my running backs. Suck. Yeah. So uh, I have AJ Brown. I have Puka. I have Terry McLaurin. I have DJ Moore. Like I have, I have a lot of wide receivers that I don't have space to get into the lineup. So yeah. um, this, well, and the crazy. thing
1: is that's what's happening is that running backs are in such short supply that you do have to give up a slightly better, you know, some you have to have those stacked wide receivers. So it, it, If you did do the zero RB strategy or you're strapped at running back, getting those really elite wide receivers still helps you because you actually have trade capital. Yeah. So good on you. Eddie, by the way, this is how uh, Jen and I went to Vegas recently
3: for a fantasy draft. And this is how the dinner went. This is like, this is 100% our table.
1: We We didn't talk about like music or... Yeah, no Anything. life no kids. vegas
0: shows just just no. trades
1: guys
0: just,
1: all the things that think? were probably more fun we didn't we didn't talk about that we like ate and talked about this and then um we also <laughs> we also shared strategies for how like one of the two of us would win this league if it killed us what? you can't we trade in this league that. So it wasn't collusion we did not collude we did not collude we did not collude we just talked about like you know, rules and, and things that may not, other people may not have read that we might be able to take advantage of in a fair way because we read the rules, not an unfair way. That's all I'm going to say. Jen's my girl. Uh, Lindsay, it's been awesome having you. Thank you for joining us and being so generous with your time. We said we we're going to keep you 20 minutes. I think we kept you the whole podcast. So thanks for helping me not have to work very hard today too. Uh, thank you for having me. <laughs> be sure you turn into fantasy. Dirt. Where else can people find you, Lindsay?
3: Um, on Twitter at Lindsay underscore Rhodes, uh, Instagram Lindsay Rhodes NFL. I never post there. And that's a different, that's a different podcast episode about Instagram. But anyway, yeah.
1: Maybe we'll have you back later.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you guys. Thank you. Okay, everybody. We'll be right back after this quick break. You guys, Lindsay is the best. She is super smart, and follow her on X, Instagram, all those places. Let's quickly talk about the Thursday night football game, Eddie. We have Mm -hmm. the Chiefs um, playing, and and obviously the Chiefs are favored versus the Broncos, the Broncos, who have been the worst defense in the league. But the Chiefs um, are giving 10.5. Are you Mm -hmm. taking it?
0: I I am. I'm going to I'm going yeah. to lay the points of the Chiefs because I think the Broncos are about to implode. Um, and, you know, what? another fun um, buy, sell, hold uh, we could do. Jerry Judy, Corland Sutton, like if you had these guys in your roster, you're like, I'm holding them because they're going to get moved, but do they get moved to better teams? I have a feeling that like the blow up Peyton had with Russell Wilson, who was okay, obviously the terrible fumble at the end of that game versus the Jets, but um, I could see things going really, really bad for them and it just, it's a weird spot for Denver because you're spending so much money on Russell Wilson, but I feel like they have to go through a full rebuild. This is the defense that was supposed to be great and I don't see it happening and I, the player prop I like because I just don't believe in this team Is I like Patrick Mahomes over two and a half touchdowns was plus plus one twenty three, so getting plus money i know it's a high amount but i could see Mahomes just going off like four touchdowns first half you're like mm-hmm. all right they bench him later on in the game like it just like there's a, there's a lot of bad teams in the nfl right now and the broncos are certainly near the top of that list of like a lifeless team they're just fighting with each other they have a lot of guys in the trading block uh, i think there's gonna be a blowout on tnf
1: so I had the same prop. That's what I came with to the show as well. It was, it's, it's, uh, to have passing touchdowns. It's just like, they've allowed 2.6 passing touchdowns on average, uh, the Broncos this year. And now we're talking about the reigning Super Bowl MVP. I mean, I think sure. he, like you said, he's just going to want to feel good and, and get it out there and sling the ball around the receivers mm-hmm. are getting better. So I'm going to go for it because it's plus money. Look, why not? Like Here,
0: here's a good barometer too. I know Mahomes, like you said, he's gonna Hall of Fame, whatever. If if Zach Wilson looks competent, that's your barometer. It's like, oh man, they are actually really bad. So that's why I feel even better about Mahomes this week.
1: Yeah, I agree. And uh, the other uh one I kind of like it's it only plays plus 105, but Pacheco to get a touchdown mm. simply because they've just allowed so many rushing touchdowns and Pacheco's had one in each of the last three games. I think they'll use him in the red zone area there. I I actually think this could be anyone can get a touchdown. If you just want like good odds, bet on Klein to order Zolaire for a, a touchdown. You know, if you just want to like just roll the dice a little bit, I think that's a good place to go. Um, so that's the main way I'm looking at Thursday night football as well. I think we're agreeing on that. Mm. Uh, yeah. Waiver wire targets, guys. Um, we mentioned quite a few throughout the show, but, you know, we can just run down a few more. You know, Matt Stafford, Gardner Minshew, Sam Howell. Those are the three targets at quarterback. At running back, Amari DiMarcado will be taking over for James Conner, most likely. Rashawn Johnson, Dante Foreman, we mentioned. Chubba Hubbard actually saw more snaps last week than uh, Miles Sanders, who's looking a little... Eh, it might be his great injury, but eh, that's interesting. Um, Savon Ahmed and Jeff Wilson are you know next up in line for the dolphins after start Wilson's practice window should open this week um and wide receivers i think we mentioned Josh Downs we mentioned Joshua Palmer Marvin Mims is still someone that maybe i'm interested in uh, KJ Osborne, obviously for the Vikings Wendell Robinson actually i am a bit interested in and it tied in Logan Thomas is my top claim for this week so you guys can always uh, check out my articles that i've written i have links to them on my Twitter slash X page. We still have so much to talk about, Eddie, but we're absolutely out of time.
0: Yeah, we are out of time. Um, If you want, I could squeeze in one or two quick listener questions. Let's do one or two.
1: We'll just take, I'm sorry, guys, if we don't get to your question today, please keep sending them. We will spend a lot more time on mailbag next week, I promise. Let's just take one or two real quick.
0: That's fine. Uh, We'll do this one. We have two we could get really quick. Uh, Chris is asking, he's having a tough time with Ramondre Stevenson. Should he bench him for Cam Akers or Jalen Warren?
1: Well, you can't bench him for Jalen Warren this week, obviously, because Warren's on by. So you probably have to stick with Ramondre Stevenson. And I understand your concern because Zeke actually looks like he's having a much bigger part in this run game than we originally predicted. Um, And it's just bad right now for the Patriots. They're just bad. So you can you can if you just want to take an upside shot. Cam Akers, as I mentioned, I'm a little bit interested in um in what might happen in Minnesota. And I think that he may benefit a bit from Justin Jefferson's absence because he's a he's a weapon uh, of some sort that they can figure out how to use. So if you're just looking for upside, if you're going to lose anyway, you're not going to get any kind of upside right now for Ramondre Stevenson. Sure. Why not? If you're sure you're going to lose, if you're projected to lose, play Cam Akers.
0: <laughs> And uh, to round of the show, a question from Nick uh, asking a defense question. Uh, he's in a league with IDPs. Should you rotate those players based on their opponent or is that just way too unpredictable?
1: So I don't really think this is any different than how you play your offense. If you used high draft capital and you have a player like a Micah Parsons or, you know, like this kind of a player, a Max Crosby, somebody that's really, really great you're going to start them every week because they're really great. And they can be really great. The ones that you waited longer to draft, you're going to do it based on matchup the same way you do with wide receivers or running backs. So I would say I would treat it no differently.
0: Okay. Well, thanks again for those that tweeted in extra points, pot at Jen myself. We'll answer them next week. Obviously great guest this week, the uh, jam packed show, but we'll be back to uh regular, regular uh, programming next week
1: we will and in the meantime guys be sure you check out our feed on Instagram on Twitter extra points follow it follow us on YouTube we're gonna have extra social clips for you there preferably and also possibly longer clips from these podcasts that yep. you can watch with video so you can see that like I look really pale today because of this lighting and we're gonna have to fix that but we'll talk about that later um, I will try not to spend too much time talking about MLB playoffs on these podcasts uh, also just update you on our picks results for last week i went six six and one eddie went seven five and one so we're you know we're chipping our way back eddie
0: man that will that week the one right week i like if i just had five right that week i would be right in the mix of things Uh, i know mark is crushing everyone he's he's like 44 and whatever but yeah time um, man yeah we do long season
1: like i said we're not going to blame it on anything early you still have plenty of time to come back we may have lost our nick chubb but we're going to find the waiver wire diamond and we're going to win this. And then, team waiver wire to feel it. I know it because we're winners. I'm with you there. And so are you guys. Thanks for tuning into Waiver Wired. We'll be back next week with another jam packed episode. Enjoy the football this weekend.